Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. To get us started today, I want to show you a picture and uh, take a look at this. Does anybody know what this picture is from? Uh, it actually is a picture that's caused a lot of controversy in the last month or so. Um, not this particular picture. There actually was another one that caused, but it's from the same uh, movie, actually. Does anybody know what it's from? Yes, there you go, good. So if you don't know, this actually is an image from the Netflix movie that was just released called Cuties. Did anybody hear about the controversy about this movie? Okay, several of you in the room. Um, Criticism erupt in August, uh, just a few weeks ago, over the promotional image and poster that came out um, about this movie uh, that was used to kind of promote it because uh, it actually depicts uh, the movie's young preteen cast uh, in pretty provocative poses and uh, revealing costumes. Essentially, I would say it wasn't super great, okay? Not good. And uh, really, the whole film was criticized uh, because uh, Netflix actually describes the film, I actually looked it up this week, describes the film in the description as this. It's the story of an 11-year-old, Ami, who starts to rebel against her conservative family's traditions when she becomes fascinated with a free-spirited dance crew. And so as you read that definition, you're like, oh, okay, that seems pretty harmless, right? It seems like it's just one of those cute, come-to-age kind of movies, Uh, But many people are saying um, that the film actually sexualizes these young girls. Now, I haven't seen the film, uh, but what I've researched about those kind of things, I would uh, tend to lean to agree with those critics. And actually, it's, it, I start with that this, this morning is because I think it, the movie, Cuties, um, for what I could gather from it thus far, is that it depicts the overall and overly sexualized culture that we find ourselves in and that we're living in in 2020. I think in so many ways, and and I'm sure many of you would agree with this, but we have somewhat become numb in regards to sexuality uh, in our culture when it comes to ultimately the thing that God has designed for intimacy and and, and closeness uh, in husbands and wives. Now, I'm really thankful that in this particular instance with the movie Cuties, that people got indignant. I was, I'm glad that we, we can all kind of agree when it comes to sexualization of children, we need to get serious about that, and that's not okay, and so I appreciate that. But I think in overall, like, I think we've come to a place where where we are is not great. It's kind of everywhere, isn't it? in movies and television and social media. Uh, I actually don't know what happened in regards to bathing suits, but like this summer, and my wife Lee and I, we actually talked about it, but I don't know what it, it used to be that women would go to the, the beach and they would cover up all intimate areas, but now it's quote unquote acceptable for a woman to walk on the beach with her butt cheeks hanging out. I just said butt cheeks in church. It's accepted to the point where, uh, to the point where, like, there were times where, like, we didn't go to the beach or we considered not going to the beach or I had to be very strategic on and what I would do and where I would sit because there were times where it wasn't good for me because of what is now just okay to walk around the beach like. Pornography is readily available at the touch of a button. Living together, not being married and, and living together, and ultimately, which if you're living together and you're not having sex, you're lying, I think, Okay. The reality is living together, not being married, has now become commonplace, just accepted in our culture. I I think we've just become very 
very numb in, in the ways in which God has designed intimacy and sexuality. I think you all would probably, for the most part, agree. And, and the thing about it, and if we think about it, like it kind of makes sense, right? Because uh, we, the world is not getting any better by itself, right? It actually says in Matthew 7, 13, this really shouldn't surprise us. It's for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Broad and wide is that road and many enter through it. The, the truth of the matter is, folks, is the masses, most people are going to walk through the path of ruin. Most people will do that. And really, it's what we're finding when it comes to an overly sexualized culture. It's what most are doing. They're walking in that path. I was actually thinking this week, and I don't know if this is actually true or not, because uh, there was some controversy online or whatever, but have you ever heard the concept of, uh, of a, about a frog boiling in a pot of water? Has anybody ever heard that concept before? Okay, a couple of you guys, bring up that picture. So this is not real, okay? Don't worry about that. I didn't injure any animals in the midst of this, right? But I was thinking about this, and again, I don't know whether it's true or not, but basically what, what, is, what the concept is is that a, um, a frog will adapt to its surroundings, and so if you put a frog in a pot on a stove and you begin to slowly bring the temperature up, the, the, the frog will adapt to its surroundings and, it, and it, before it knows it, uh, it will be boiled and, and, de- and die. And so when I was thinking about that this week, I, I, well, again, whether that's true in regards to a frog or not, some people say it jumps out, all that kind of stuff. Whether that's true or not, I don't want to get into that debate. But, but when I was thinking about it in regards to us in this topic today in this overly sexualized culture, can I, can I just be real with you? Folks, I think we're being boiled. I think that we are, are not attuned enough to our surroundings and, and things are becoming normalized that shouldn't be normal and yet we're just going along with them. And, and I'll tell you, even, even your pastor is finding myself that I'm, I'm feeling like there's times where I'm just boiled. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, look at this, but in the end it leads to death. See, what we're, what we're doing in this, in this life is we're, we're walking along and we're, we're seeing that, okay, hey, yeah, this is fine, this is fine, this is fine, this is fine, this is fine. And then what's happening is, is that it's just leading us to death. Death over and over and over and over. I was thinking this week that we are seeing death of innocence like none before. Death of true joy, death of spectacular intimacy between husbands and wives because of, because of pornography and everything that's out there. We're seeing marriages destroyed, dying. Because things are being labeled as no big deal when they are gigantic deals. We're seeing death over and over and over. So as I was pondering all that this week, it brought me to the question, okay, if that is true, and I think most of us would agree, then how do we navigate that? What do we do? How do we live in a culture that is, being, is confusing when it comes to sexuality and confusing when it comes to really like, should I be sensitive to this? Should I not be sensitive to this? And, and I would call us very desensitized in our culture. How do we navigate that? So I want you to hold that thought. We are currently in a series here at Cornerstone, going to be finishing up next week called Tough Topics, Navigating Today's Hot Button Issues. And what we've been doing in this series is taking a look at some of the most divisive, challenging topics in our culture and seeing what the Bible says. Because I don't know about you, um, if left to my own way, I would probably not do the things that God would want me to do. But when I lead through what the Bible says, I can live a life that is somewhat honoring to God. 
and way more than I would do on my own. And so I want that for us. I want that to, for us to be able to be in a position during the series that we ultimately can just see what the Bible says. And so today we're going to talk about what we need to fight, what we need to understand to fight against a sexualized culture so that we're just not being boiled over and over and over and leading ourselves to death. And so that's where we're heading this morning. Uh, but but uh, before we jump into our text, I want to give you a little bit of context. Again, we're going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Uh, just a little bit of background about First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, Thessalonians. It was written by uh, the Apostle Paul uh, to the church in Thessalonica. And just to give you a little bit of context, that that is modern day Greece. Okay, and so uh, he wrote to them to encourage them in the midst of of life that is challenging. It's really hard to say, hey, stay faithful, keep keep the faith. You know, things are going to be challenging, but hold on, hold tight, live a holy life, live right until the coming of Christ. And then what I find is really cool, by the way, is that he addresses this particular uh, topic about sexual sensitivity, which I love, by the way, the fact that the Bible, which was written way long ago, and yet it's still relevant, which means, right, either one, uh, God knows the depravity of us and we need to be reminded, which I think is probably true, or some of us have repeated history and we really need to learn. And so I hope today, my hope today is this, is that by the end of the day, I, I, will, I will see all of us take, take what, where we currently are and our sensitivity to our sexualized culture will just go up so that we don't have to repeat that history over and over and over. All right, so we're gonna t- take a look in the text. First Thessalonians chapter four, starting in verse one. It says, as for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instructed you how to live in order to please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. And that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. So our title this morning is Desensitized, Living in a Confusing Sexualized Culture. And uh, what we're going to dig into today and explore is, um, though things are confusing, though things are being said, hey, this is normal when it shouldn't be normal, um, Ultimately, ultimately, our sexual sensitivity is crucial. And ultimately, for maybe for some of us today, maybe we need to have a reorientation. So that's where we're headed. But before we jump in, I want to pause and pray. So if you would pray with me, and then I'll give you a couple things to think about. So let's pray. Father, we're grateful that we get to be together, uh, worship you, honor you for the things that we have been able to partner with you in in our community and do the things that you would do. But God, we also are grateful that we get a time to look into the living, breathing word of God, that it can teach us and speak to us. So Father, I pray that as we take some time over the next few minutes to dig in uh, and, and just get deep this morning, I pray that as we do, that you would do something supernatural among us that only you can do. God, that we would be more like Jesus as a result of our time together by the power of your Holy Spirit among us. Thank you, God, in advance for what you're gonna do. We'll give this time to you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, before I give you our point for the day, uh, I want to jump in, uh, kind of just put this out there. Our text, folks, is very, very clear. Um, we're going to kind of talk about some verses around this today, but our text is very clear that um, 
living desensitized to sexuality and sexual things, it's not God's will and desire for us. Okay, um, it's not as hard for us. It says back in verse three, it says, it is God's will, that's important, it's God's will that you and I should be sanctified. And if you don't know that word, that's kind of a, a churchy word or a Christian word, but it basically means set apart. Sanctified, set apart, different than most people. That you and I should be sanctified and here it is then plainly, you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. And then verse seven says, for God did not call us to be impure, but to live a, here it is, holy life. Folks, the truth is God cares what we do in regards to our level of sexual sensitivity. He cares. He's given us a calling, right? Not, not to desensitize, be desensitized, but to be sensitive to the, to the reality of this and much more the exact opposite, which is a life of holiness. Scripture says, be perfect as I am perfect. Be holy as I am holy. That's, that's our call. Our call is not to just, just go, okay, well, I guess it's the best that I can do. No, we're called to go to perfection. And that means perfection when it comes to our sexual sensitivity physically, but also emotionally and intellectually as well, right? It says, don't, don't be in passionate lusts. Because if, do you know that even looking at something can cause really great deep problems? Actually says in, in Matthew chapter five, this is actually the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus is up on a mountaintop and if you've got some time, take some time to read the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew five, six, and seven. But Jesus is basically t- going on a mountainside. He's teaching these people essentially that they were saying, hey, this is all right. The, the culture's saying this is okay. And Jesus said, hey, you say this, but this is how I say things. We did a series about this not that long ago. And Jesus says this to them in, in Matthew five twenty. He says, I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman, I would say here, looks at anyone, lustfully has already committed adultery with her with them in his heart. So God cares what we do in regards to our sensitivity to sexuality, to sexual things, physically, emotionally, intellectually, to the point where then the Bible actually says in Ephesians 5, 3, it says, among you there must, look at this, must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity. Not even a hint, not even a perception that there is. This is something that God cares about. And so because it's something God cares about, we should try to figure out how much we need to care about it in our own lives. So with that said, I want to move into our point, okay? Um, Beyond that, this is important to God, although that should motivate us significantly, right? Uh, I want to talk about a reason to intentionally fight, intentionally fight against an ever-increasing sexualized culture. Um, And so you can write this in if you're taking notes. First, uh, fight against a sexualized culture because pleasure is better when it's God's. You can write that in. Pleasure is better when it's God's. Here's what I mean by that. Um, back in the text in verse one, um, it says, and actually before I get into that, it's really significant if you're, when you're studying the Bible, like the way God has laid out the scriptures is really important. And so we just looked at this text that said, hey, God cares about our sensitivity to this thing. But before that, he says this in verse one, he says, as for others, other matters, brothers and sisters, we instruct you how to live in order, here it is, to please God. Now we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and more. See, the truth, the truth is, is rooted in uh, this overly sexualized culture that we're living in in 2020, folks. At the root of it is a desire for pleasure, isn't it? 
It's a desire for pleasure, right? It's, it's why it encapsulates us sometimes. That's why it's, it's, made, it's gotten traction. It's why it's, we're caught up in the, way, the, the reason why the, the, the culture is going that way is because there's this desire for pleasure. But the truth is, and some of you have felt this in your life in past, but the truth is, is that pleasure is so much better when it's God's. You see, because everything that we can stir up on our own in this life, and the reality is the beauty about this thing of walking with Jesus is we have free will. And and so everything that that we can try to drum up, maybe it'll feel good for a moment and there might be some level of pleasure in that, but the reality is, folks, it's all temporary. It says in uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. See, pleasure that we can experience in this life, folks, that is outside of God's scope is all temporary. But see, what is in alignment with God and his ways, that is where long-lasting pleasure will be found. And it's the only place. No relationship, nothing on the internet, no movies, no vacations. Nothing will give you the pleasure, the long-lasting pleasure that we are seeking for. Because let's be honest, we're all seeking for that. But a relationship with Jesus and letting him be our pleasure. So ultimately, what I want to get at in this point is the reality is fighting against a sexualized culture, uh, we need to go after that. So ultimately, we can experience more eternal in our life. Do you, how many of you want more eternal in your life? I want more eternal in my life. I was thinking this week of, of several things, and I just made a list. So what this means is not just settling and engaging in explicit material on the internet just because it's out there, but instead chase the eternal. Not just dress provocatively to keep up with trends and fashion, but ultimately to make modest dress choices. Not settling and willingly following people on social media that seemingly just post questionable photos, but ultimately choose more of the kingdom. Not falling into complacent consumption of movies and television that seem to be all too quick to push the envelope when it comes to sexual things, and they're just getting farther and farther and farther, especially now with streaming services that think they can just do whatever they want but be spiritually selective. Nor do we get to the point, this is the last one, of deciding, you know what? It would just be way easier if we just moved in together. Can I just tell you, that is a lie from the enemy. Folks, we need to fight against just blindly going along, increase our sexual sensitivity. It's crucial whether we are are gonna experience the eternal or not in our life. I know for me, I am... I've had times in my life where I think my sexual sensitivity has been up and I've been doing very well and there's been times where it's been down and I've done not so well. And so I was actually just thinking about something in my own life just recently, within probably the last month or so. Um, I'm not on, on social media, especially Facebook, all that much, but I had, I had two people on my social media. One was a Facebook uh, friend of mine that I met uh, when I was a campus pastor and she worked next door. And so we got to know each other. She was going to one church and we were, we were at another church. So we became Facebook friends. Uh, the other one was, uh, was on Instagram and it was a, a girlfriend of a friend of mine. And uh, they were, uh, both of these individuals are people who I would consider putting them in the category of pretty much they just only uh, post provocative photos on social media. 
And so over the last uh, couple months, I was trying to do my best just to scroll as fast as I could through those things when I was on those, uh, on those platforms. But to be completely transparent with you, they're sometimes struggling to do so. And, and, and so uh, as I was... Uh, Doing that one day, like Lee and I were just talking or whatever. And, and so my wife, by the way, is super wise. She was like, so have you unfollowed them? That might be a good idea. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be good, right? And so I did. So I unfollowed them and whatever and those kind of things. But what, what I realized at that time is that once again, it seems, I got calloused to the reality of what is just normal. And so I was trying to do my best with it, but off to my own, um, my, my own strength, I'm going I'm to fail sometimes. And so wouldn't it just make sense to just get rid of it? And what I noticed in my life, and it wasn't like it was like the, the angels came down and sang the hallelujah chorus, but you know what I noticed as I hid both of those people? The eternal in my life started to go up. Not that I don't care about those two people, but my eyes are way important, more important than me, than me just letting that go. There's actually scripture that says if your eyes are bad, your whole body is bad. And the eternal started to go up. Which then reminded me of a story in the scriptures. Uh, in, uh, it's in John chapter 4. Uh, you can look at it on your own time. Some of you are probably familiar with it. It's actually about a woman at the well. And I actually need to apologize because a few weeks ago when I was talking about the woman caught in adultery, I mixed this story up with the other one. So I apologize for that. I'll get the, the, the story right this, this morning. Uh, but it involves a, a Samaritan woman and her interaction with Jesus at a well. And this is already kind of a big deal because Jesus, uh, and a, being a Jew, and her a Samaritan, uh, they didn't interact with each other. And so they're in this interaction, which is already a big deal. And Jesus says to her, as they talk in verses 13 and 14, he says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Everyone who drinks in the culture's water, folks, is going to be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. You see, pleasure is way better when it's God's. See, when we don't have to go back to the well because we, we have the one who created the well, that is significant. And then I love this story because Jesus uh, uses this part of this, this, this conversation as a precursor to essentially uh, to the next part of the conversation, which is him uh, kind of being honest with her about her level of, of sexual sensitivity or lack thereof. It goes on in verse 16 through 18. He says, he told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Essentially, she was living with this man that was not her husband. Again, living with him, which doesn't just mean being roommates. And so Jesus was saying to her, like, look, there's, there's something more for you here and you're missing it. You're going along with just man after man and, and you're going along just what's just kind of normal in your sphere and you're just going along and you're missing something. There's so much more for you here. Wake up. I'm sure she could feel it. If we asked her, if we had an opportunity to ask her, my guess is she would tell us that she wasn't really experiencing too much eternal in her life. You see, the reality is, folks, and, and we get this, I think. I think we understand this to a certain point, but I think that we, it's hard to live out. The reality is, is that our life is not about our pleasure. 
I was actually in my small group this Thursday, which by the way, if you're not in a small group, would you please get in a small group? Like we're a church not of, uh, with small groups, but of small groups, and we really want you connected because it really, it's the iron sharpening iron thing. But it's come up a couple times in our small group, but it came up again on Thursday. But I think some days when I wake up in the morning, you know what I wake up? I wake up thinking, oh, I'm gonna have a great day, which I think there might be some value to that. But the reality is, wouldn't it be better if we wake up and go, hey, there's probably gonna be some challenges in I'm probably gonna need Jesus' help. Why do, we, why do we get through this life and just think that life is going to be about every day should be perfect and every day should be pleasurable? The, the Bible does not tell us that. The Bible tells us that we're going to have trouble, that it's going to be hard. And, and if we go into the day thinking that things are going to be hard, we're going to probably be more apt to actually call on the one who can help us. But if we go in the day thinking this should be all about me and my pleasure, right, we're going to probably mess up. And then you look at verses like Luke 9. Luke 9 says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple, look at this, must deny themselves, that's not about pleasure, and take up their cross every day and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. See, this life is not about what we desire, but going after what God desires for us. And some days that means we're going to have to go through some junk. It's what it's supposed to look like. What it's supposed to, that's how it's supposed to work. And then you got other verses like Romans 8, 5 says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Folks, we need to do our best to do what the spirit desires. Not what we desire, not what our culture says, hey, you should desire after that. Hey, that's what's okay. That's what's acceptable. What the spirit desires. And again, even that, just going after that's pretty countercultural, but it's worth striving for. It's what it's going to take. And so you might be like I was when I was putting the teaching and you're like, okay, Matt, I can track with you. I can get there. All right. But, but how, how do I do that? I always have Leah uh, who's sitting up here for service. Leah's always in my, my wife. She's always in my ear going, okay, don't just tell us about something. Tell us how to do the thing you're telling us to talk about, right? Like tell us what to do, right? So I want to give you a couple practical things as we end uh, this morning. So you can write this in on your hand. Here's the first practical thing is this. Question everything. Write that in. Question everything. I think too often we can go through life, folks, when it comes to this idea of sexual sensitivity. And, and uh, I know I can do this sometimes, even just with everything, just kind of not really count the cost of what decisions I'm saying yes and no to. And so I think we need to question everything. Will this be beneficial to me? Will this be beneficial to others? God, will, is this something you desire? And, and even to the point of like, should I take this job? Should I not take this job? Should I do this? All of those things, but definitely when it comes to these, this idea of a sexualized culture, folks, we need to ask God some questions and question everything about what we're doing. So I made a list this week. Things like this. Should we watch this movie? Should we start the series on Netflix? Should I follow that person on social media? Should I even have a Facebook? That's a great question, by the way. Should I get that person's number? Should I text them? Should I go to that thing? Should I, should I go to the beach? Should we move in together? Should I take my computer into my bedroom? Should I even have a smartphone? It's possible to live life without one. Should I be more attentive to what I wear? Should I be more, have more discretion on what I let my kids wear? I'm gonna pause there for a minute. That's actually one that in the Pormon household, I'm a bit of a, uh, of a tyrant about. Just ask my girls. 
But I'm, uh, I try not to be overly much of a tyrant in the midst of that, but, um, but it's, it's kind of important to me um, to make sure that my kids are uh, representing Jesus, not just in how they act, but in what they look like. And so I remember Leah telling me a story about our daughter, Abigail, and Abigail's 13 now, but this is when she was uh, little, so she's not so little anymore. But I remember, Leah, I came from work and she told me the story that she walked by Abby's room, she's at her dresser, and she's literally just doing this. And she goes, I have to find something that's longer. Dad will never approve of any of this, you know? <laughs> And so we had a laugh and all those kinds, of, but can I be honest with you folks? Like the reality is, as, um, and Leah balances me out really well in this because sometimes I can be off way, way too far down the, the pike, but I want, I want my daughters and, and my son too. This is not this is only my daughters, but, but there's something different about a dad with daughters, right? Because I was a 13-year-old boy once. But I want, I want my kids to be in a place where we don't just cal- be calloused and what the culture says is okay, because how many of you know that if one of my daughters was walking on the beach with her butt cheeks hanging out, Matt would not be doing so much Christian things. And because I value my daughter and who God has gifted to me, the fact that like I have a responsibility to help teach them in the midst of this to say, we are not to be callous. We are supposed to look different, sanctified, different, set apart than the rest of the world. My hope is, and I think, and, and, and I, I see Abby doing this, which is so cool. Abby's our rule follower. Pray for your kids to be rule followers. But Abby's our rule follower, so Abby's doing great. But my hope for Abby and Eden and, and for Elijah is that as they walk into high school, into college, into their life after that, getting married, all those kind of things, that the things in which I think are biblical, but we have tried to uh, model in our lives, is just to, that they would carry that on for the rest of their lives. And that people would see Jesus because of that. Not just get to like, okay, where the rest of the world's doing this, so I guess it's okay. I think questioning everything in our lives, folks, is super important. Letting God speak into those things. And there will be some things I'm sure that God will say to you, hey, that's fine, go ahead, do that. But there's, my guess is that there's probably some, you can do that this week. When, when you leave today, go home and make a list Go home and make a list of everything like in your life that you can think of, like, you know, social media. Should I have social media, God? Uh, or maybe, hey, not Facebook, but only Instagram. Or, you know, make those, like, hey, should I, should I shop at this store? Should I not shop at this store? Should I do? Make all these lists of things and, and let God speak into those things. And my guess would be that, that maybe you wouldn't have five of them, but my, my guess is every single one of us, there would probably be something God would speak to us and say, hey, you might need to consider that. There's probably at least one thing. So question everything. Second thing you can write this in, and then we're going to kind of land this plane, is recruit help. Just recruit help. Uh, this is the reality, uh, folks, that sometimes we are so close to a situation that we can't see it because we, we're too close to it. And we need, we need to invite other people into our lives so they can open our eyes to something, or they can steer us away from being destructive. Okay, it's pretty important to let others into our lives. A couple of scriptures as the worship team comes. Proverbs 15, 22 says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Plans fail without help. Folks, we are gonna most likely fail in our sexual sensitivity if we just try to do it on our own. I said first service that, um, uh, by the way, it's like Lee and I have an open dialogue about our sexual sensitivity. 
The reason we had the conversation about my social media is because I don't leave things out of my wife's view. She has all my passwords. She can look at my phone whenever she wants to. You know what that does? That some people are like, oh, that's, oh, that's, that, that's my privacy. No, that means that you're probably hiding something. We need help. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. We need advice. We need to recruit help if we're going to be successful in resensitizing, staying sensitized uh, in regards to sexual sensitivity. And so here's a question for you to consider, and we'll, I'll leave you with this. Come up on the screen. Who do I have speaking into my life in order to maintain my sexual sensitivity? That's a great question. Who do I have speaking into my life in order to maintain my sexual sensitivity? If the answer to that question in your life, folks, and, and by the way, I've been there where the answer to that was like, well, no one. Don't let that disappoint you. Let that motivate you to find somebody who you can speak to about your sexual sensitivity, who can speak into your situation. I have two people. Leah's one of them. Uh, and I got an accountability partner that speaks into that. And I tell you, it doesn't make me perfect, but I will tell you, it has an effect on my life. And I can see more eternal in my life because I allow them to speak into my life. So consider who you might have do that. So those are the two things, question everything, recruit help. I think if we do those things, um, it will help us stay sensitive to a sexualized culture that's just going the opposite direction. And we folks, we will enjoy more and more and more the pleasure of God, which man, that is a great place to be, amen? That is a great place to be, it is in the pleasure of God. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.